Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for, once again, another opportunity to come before your throne of grace as a family and to learn just that much more about you, Father. Lord, I ask that you would sit me, Jr. the man, down and that you, O sovereign Lord, would rise up big inside of me, proclaiming your word of truth by placing your words upon my lips. Father, have your way in this house tonight. Lord, speak to all of our hearts because you know exactly what it is that we need. Send forth your message and allow us to have soft and meek hearts so that we can receive it. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, my beloved family, we have something pretty cool to talk about tonight. This is another dinner table exclusive as I'll start calling it because once again, that, um, that table of ours that we have in our, uh, breakfast room, it just, it seems to spawn a lot of good things that the Lord just drops in on us. So what we will be discussing tonight is simply what I'm calling stepping aside. We talk about it quite a lot. Um, in our little Bible study where we discuss, you know, letting God be God. It's a beautiful thing to witness in your life when you stop trying to, to drive. Because when you drive, we get into car accidents a lot. I'm talking about frequently. It's, it's more than we would care to admit in a lot of cases. But with the Lord, when we let him take control, when we start trying to do the leading, And we start doing our part and we follow the path that he's already laid out for us. Well, then life tends to get a lot. Not just a little, but a lot easier. Because the Lord, as you know, my favorite verse, I share it quite often. He knows the plans that he has for you and for me. They are for good, not for evil. We don't know a single thing. I cannot tell you what's going to happen tomorrow because I just don't know. I know what I would like to get done tomorrow because I have a normal Saturday routine, but can't guarantee you it's going to go that way because I don't know what's going to happen. But God, on the other hand, he knows quite literally everything. And he's so good. He's willing to share it with us if there's that magical word. We would just be open to receiving it from him. Now, scripture wise, we have um, a few scriptures we will be reading in regards to this. But the whole premise of this is to one step aside out of your own way. Move along. We tend to block ourselves nine times out of ten. Usually by some preconceived notion we have, a desire that honestly isn't even in our book because we saw something and said, hey, I think I want that. And now we're along this crazy path or we can't let go of the past or we can't let people go or let a job go or let just something go as if these things actually matter. None of this 
is important. Can't anything here on this planet get us to heaven except the Lord himself? And he's already done his part. Now it's our turn to do ours and be available to him. But I won't waste your time with an intro. Let's hop into some scripture and then let's really just break this thing down about not getting in our own way so much. And one of the biggest things that we can all be victims of, present self included, is be your own blessing blocker. It's it's painful. It's nerve wracking. And you wonder, God, I'm doing everything right. Baby, as my grandmother said today, as we were on the way back home, we don't do anything right. Not a single thing. But God is really good and he makes up for all of our slack. So let's take a look at these here scriptures. We're going to take a look at Proverbs chapter 10, verses four through five. We're going to start here. So the Bible says that lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. Now, it's very short, but there's a lot of impact here. If you've never read the book of Proverbs, we in the Christian community deem that as the book of wisdom. Why? Because it's chocked full of wonderful nuggets to really just float around in your head. You may not have been here for it when we discussed about the cow and the cud and what that means for us as Christians who learn. But in the same way, a cow has this very meticulous process of eating and regurgitating and eating again and and doing that process a few times. It's all to get every single bit of nutrient out of what they ate. Well, in the same regard, when we read scripture, we read it. We then hopefully pray for an understanding of what we just consumed. We then meditate upon it. Meditation itself, when done correctly, which honestly is on the Lord and holy things. That's about the only good thing you can really meditate on. When done correctly, it allows you to further get some insight from the Holy Spirit on what it is you just consumed. And we go through this process. We ask the Lord questions until he just makes it make sense. He makes it plain. He makes it to where just like anything else in life, like how two plus two equals four, no one can tell you otherwise. Well, in the same way, no one can tell you otherwise the meaning of God's word for your life and what it means in the grand scheme of things. So here we go. This is from the New International Version, I believe, because everything else says it a little differently. But this in particular, because we have this saying about idle hands or, well, idle mind is the devil's playground and something to do with your hands. But it says again, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring in wealth. Now, one of the biggest blessing blockers we have, one of the biggest ways we seem to continuously trip ourselves up is in the form of laziness. Now, laziness isn't exactly as we see it in a dictionary definition. It just doesn't mean that we um, don't want to do something, but it also can mean that we're slow to do a thing. We're lazy to do it. Or as the Bible in certain cases says in the King James Version, we're like sluggards. We, we take too long. 
I've learned in my own short life thus far that when we pray for a thing, God answers that thing. When we ask him for guidance, for wisdom, for counsel, for a sign, 10 times out of 10, he usually gives it like that. He will just give you what you're asking for. Oh, you need some wisdom. Here's the wisdom. It can come in the form of a conversation you have with someone. That's usually one of the biggest things for me personally. He can give it to you in the form of when two or three people in your life that you truly love and trust tell you pretty much the same thing, but in their own way. That's God confirming a thing for you. When you ask about, say, a job or a place or some avenue that you would like to venture into or a person or past your past, because the past is just this malicious thing in our lives sometimes. But when you pray about these things and you ask God for what should I do, just you, you don't know what else to do. God, what do I do? Please help me to understand, as my brother Broderick says all the time, Lord, make it plain for me. Well, in the same way, we all pray a pretty similar prayer. God, I just need this to be plain because I'm a little slow. I'm speaking for me right now. And when God does this for you, what happens? You act upon it. That right there alone is just something that, you know, I wish I could go give to past me. But as another of our sayings go, some of the best lessons that we can truly benefit from in life are bought lessons. But as I've also learned through God's wisdom, not every bought lesson that you have to learn from has to be a lesson that you personally bought. We have parents, we have aunts, uncles, older cousins, brothers, sisters, whoever an elder is in your life. They have some bought lessons that you may necessarily not have to physically purchase yourself. Instead, you can take what they bought and the same way you can be a codependent for insurance upon your parent up until like 25, at least in the state of Texas, to where you can take what they've procured and use it to help benefit you. That sounds familiar, doesn't it, huh? Well, in the Bible's case, we have all these wonderful examples of brothers and sisters of old who have fumbled the bag, who have completely messed up, who have made fools of themselves, who just wouldn't listen, who couldn't get it through their thick head, who wouldn't let pride go, who wouldn't let a number of things go, or just wouldn't move accordingly. When God says move, baby, get to moving. We have a lot of bought lessons prepaid for that we can look at and that we can grow and understand from and avoid those particular potholes. Now, yes, there are some in your life you probably just got to, as we say, bite that bullet on. Because the way God has our path set up, some things we don't truly comprehend unless we get put into that situation ourselves. That doesn't mean every situation God allows to happen is something he particularly wanted to occur because we, again, can be our biggest blessing blockers. One of my probably favorite testimonies that I can share with anyone is about a very horrendous relationship I had in these lazy little hands of mine because we can become complacent which is another big horrendous blessing blocker 
that we usually find ourselves in to where I myself was a very toxic entity and the other person involved, too, was very toxic. And when two toxic things mix together, it becomes very poisonous. The point of this is, is that God not once, not twice, not two times, but seven times opened an exit door for me. And what did I do? Well, clearly it took me seven times to see what was up, right? Lazy hands. God, is this it for me? Here's the door opening up. No, baby, it's not. Oh, but father, maybe it'll get better. All right, have at it. Here we are again. Father, I feel so hurt and and just dirty and wrong and so on and so forth. There's the door. And to, to not bore you with just keep going on like that for seven more times. The point is, is that we as people, sometimes we have these bought lessons and they can really hinder us. They can slow down the process. We can see where in certain situations we will let whatever that thing, person, place, mentality, mindset, whatever it is, go. And we are flourishing. And then, oh, but I'm familiar with this. Who cares? Be familiar with Christ. That's the only safe place we have. But I'm familiar with it. I understand what's going on here. Oh, it can change. It can get better. I'm not a pessimist anymore, but I will be real with you. Unless God changes a person, a place, or a thing, it will not change. This world of ours, it is dying with a purpose. Like it is on, it's it's rushing to its death because it refuses to accept God's love. Why? Because mm, I don't know. I couldn't honestly tell you, aside from the simple fact that they just want to do wrong. It, it's just really that simple at times. But I will tell you this. You don't have to have or keep lazy hands. Me and my brother were talking about this last night as we sat at the table for hours. And I truly love the Lord because he can take just, as we'll call it, an innocent conversation where we're laughing and just goofing around. And then just give us some meat to really chew on something that can change your whole mentality, your whole process, your whole everything. And all you have to do is, again, be available to him. It doesn't mean that you're just ready at the, the drop of a dime to physically go somewhere. But spiritually, you keep yourself open to God. And just like everything else, as we grow you start to get a little quicker when God says something. You don't dilly dally anymore. You don't wait and pause or delay. You just go with it because, you know, as you've been seeing in your life, God has never led you astray, has put you in a situation to permanently hurt you, to take you out of the game, to to wound you. Everything God allows or just straight up does in your life is for the simple process of growing you, of molding you into the person that you can and will be if you let God be God. But these lazy hands of ours, these slow machinations that we possess at times, they can be your own worst enemy. But I'm telling you now, as a, as a very young 26-year-old person, you don't have to stay there. If God can 
just really remove certain seeds that seem like they're cancerous weeds that cannot be burned away in my generation. And by my generation, I just mean people under like in their 20s because we be tripping a lot. But this is still just an extended period of our teenage years. So we got a lot of growing left to do. But if he can take a lot of norms like just excessive drinking and and drugs and whatever else, just crazy wild parties, just all sorts of horrendous things that honestly don't benefit you in any way, shape, form or fashion. If he can take these things from a person like me, from people like my brothers or other people that we've come into contact with who have just seen the Lord's light, because it ain't us, but it's all about God, who have seen him in us just by the way we interact with one another, by the way we talk to one another, by the way we help one another, then I'm telling you now, just like the Bible says, the earlier you start, the quicker your hands will stop being lazy. They don't have to keep hemming you up. You don't have to keep stumbling as uh, one of my favorite Yolanda Adams songs says, you don't have to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. But instead, the following verse, you can just let God's will be done in your life and move on with it. The past doesn't have to hurt you because it's the past. It's done. It's happened. You can't alter it. God isn't going to go back in time and fix the thing. Just move on. Keep going forward and you're going to be okay. I promise you. I'm speaking from personal experience and anyone else on this line can vouch for it. But to move on. God is really good and we don't have to keep the old sentiments because we don't play for that old team anymore. Now we work and live for Christ. And when we get out of here, it's all profit because that's what the Bible tells us. Now, moving forward, we take a look at the entirety of 1 John chapter 1. It's a very short passage of scripture, but it really helps to keep pushing this this notion of stepping out of our own way forward. The Bible tells us that we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Talking about Jesus, y'all. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. Wow, he's eternal life. You see how many tense changes we have here? But let's keep going. He was with the father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing Yes, we are not practicing. Where's my mouse? Um, the truth. There we go. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, we then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, 
cleanses us from all sin, not some sin, but all of it, every single last drop of it. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness, or as the King James says, unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Now, here's a beautiful little chunk that I I really want to point out before we start breaking this down. It starts off by saying they're talking about the one who is from the beginning. Well, there's only one who was from the beginning. That's God himself. And then as we uh, take a look at Genesis and the account of creation in the beginning, there was just God. It was just him. And then he started putting things in order with just his word alone. We take a look at the book of wisdom, Proverbs. We see that wisdom was the foundation that God used to build and create everything. That's a foreshadow. Then we get to the book of John, the the gospel that just proclaims that Jesus is God himself. There is no differentiation. Yes, he is in the sonship of God, but that's to show us how to live a life accordingly when you let God drive the boat. So here we go. He is the word of life. Wow. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. They are two consubstantiality. We talk about it all the time of the same essence and same being. They are one. There is no differentiation. You can't tell them apart because they're just the same person. Hope that sticks with you. We go forward. They testify about him because he is the one who is eternal life. Jesus proclaims that he is the way, the truth and the life, not to mention the light of the world. Me and my brother talked about it one day and we discussed about, um, you know, how living life can be hard. But then God just gave us a nugget. But here's the thing. When you actually live life, you're living with Jesus. So, yes, things can be difficult at times, but the true essence of living is no longer difficult because you're alive. Now, the thing here that um, that we see on the opposite end is the fact that when you live this life, when you're trying to live your best life, something I truly hate to hear. Well, you aren't living at all because of Jesus's life and you don't have Jesus. Well, then you're in a void. There is a, a avoidance of life. There is no life. So what are you doing? You're just playing with death, some some bedazzled death. And baby, that does not help you do anything. The people, the places, the ideas, the mentality, the get quick, quick, which ah, the get quick, rich schemes Anything else that isn't of God, that isn't holy, baby, I promise you it has no benefit to you. Let it go. Drop it at the door. Leave it there. Don't look back. Just keep going forward. Our God, our wonderful God, who washes every sin away. Yes, I said every sin. The Bible does not mince words. All of our sins, every single one of them. I don't care what you've done, what you're doing or what you're going to do. They are all cleansed. If we would just accept him, the whole purpose of all of this with a, a very important emphasis on 
Verse 9, if we confess our sins to him, he is what faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And not only does he forgive the sins, but he cleanses us of the wickedness or the unrighteousness or the propensity to want to go do the bad deeds. Yes, you'll make mistakes, but your heart no longer is just lusting after these things. You might find yourself in a situation where you're about to do wrong. And then God is so good because like the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You will just stop at the drop of a dime and let it go and walk past it and never look back. Let me tell you once again how good God is. Immediately following this very poisonous situation I found myself in after God had to open a door seven times for me. I found myself with with uh, with another person a few months later. And with this person, everything looked wonderful. Claim to love God, could quote scripture left and right, could could really explain a thing about it, had a, a wonderful relationship with God from what it looked like. But after having been through something so painful and gut-wrenching and just make you feel sick to your core. It's like, God, this seems right to me. But as we know, there is a way which seems right unto a man, but the ways thereof lead unto death. So I'm like, God, it ain't even about me. This looks good to me. But Father, I need you to give me a sign. I don't want these lazy hands anymore. I need you to lead and guide and direct my paths. I'm tired of driving because clearly my GPS is broken, but yours seems to work wonderfully fine. So I need your help. And what happens? This thing that looked wonderful and the the way it made me feel because it, it had me a little hopeful about stuff. I'm like, this is great. What did God do? He gave me exactly what I asked for. Lord, show me if this is it. Baby, this ain't it. And what did I do? I had two options. I could look at it and ignore a clear sign from God that I just asked for, something we have a tendency to do from time to time because we're people. Don't beat yourself up about it. Let's just learn from the mistakes and try to make a little bit less of them. That's the whole point of this sanctification process, to make less mistakes. It doesn't mean eliminate the mistakes, but make less of them because God is good like that. And I moved on. I let it go. I blocked it. I got rid of it. I never looked back because why? I asked God for an answer. God gave me the answer. And this ties back into another lesson that we had. Stop trying to learn lessons you want to learn and learn the lessons that God wants you to learn. Because when you do that, what happens? Your wisdom grows. Your faith grows. Your patience grows. Your love grows. Your self-discipline can grow. You get, the, you get the picture here? Every aspect of the fruit of the Spirit that we can embody will just grow inside of you if you let God be God. If you open yourself up to learn the things he's clearly trying to teach you. 
it's a process. It's not easy. It doesn't change overnight. We can't just slap band-aids on it and expect that to fix it. Band-aids don't fix anything. But what fixes the problem is when you apply the balm itself to the issue or to the affected area. And God himself is the balm in Gilead. So when we take the ointment, when we put it in the right places, when we let the medicine do his work, because he's the one that works in us, well, then you begin to change. You begin to reap the benefits of what God has been trying to do for you, in you, and through you the entire time. You don't have to keep sitting on the sideline. You don't have to keep falling prey to the same old thing. It may look different, but how different does it look? If I take a bottle of Ozarka water and a bottle of water from Kroger, they're the same product, just with a different label. Well, that's how Satan puts things in our faces. It's the same product, just with a different label. There's no difference. I don't want to buy any of it. And you don't have to either. You don't have to keep letting yourself first and foremost <clears throat> block you up. And secondly, you don't have to keep letting the same old tricks hinder you because we don't serve a God of gray areas. We serve a God that shows you the deception, will teach you how to look for it for yourself, and then he will show you how to overcome it, to beat it down, to cast it out, to send it back to the wilderness where it came from, and to keep it away from you and yours because that's the kind of loving father that we serve, one that loves you, protects you, and teaches you how to throw. Throw a good one from your right shoulder too, or your left if you're left-handed. But he will teach you all these things. And all it takes is a little bit of your time and being made available to him. So step aside. Let God be in control. We're the ones in the deficit, not him. He doesn't need us. We need him. You know, so let's let's do our part and let him do his. Let him be God. Let him tell you what's coming your way. Let him show you how to overcome it. Let him be your strength to endure the temptations so that on the way out of the temptation, on the way away from that that old jail cell, on your way out of that um, generational curse or whatever is trying to hold you down of your past. Maybe you can grab a few people on your way to sanity and help them get out of it too, because that's what this whole Christian journey is about to get saved and be blessed to be a blessing and help save the next person. And when we do our job, God delights in it. So, but let me, let me get you home. We'll take a look at our final little passage of scripture here and we will be taking a look at second peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 12 and the bible says this is my second letter to you dear friends and in both of them i have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory i want you to remember what the holy prophet said long ago and what our lord and savior commanded through your apostles most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They just choose to block any blessings that could come their way or growth or whatever else God could have for them. They don't want it. We'll let them not want it over there. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? 
from before the times of our ancestors. Everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens long ago by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, and pay attention to this. He is being patient for your sake, for our sake. It's not about him. He's good. It's about trying to get us up to speed. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief then, well, as a thief in the night, I believe, as the King James says, then the heavens will pass away with the terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what a holy and go- what holy and godly lives we should live or you should live looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in flames. Now, I don't know about you or how much science you understand, because mine is like maybe this much, but I do get this. The simple fact that God has some fire stored up that can melt away literally the elements Let's just process that for a moment. Fire breathes off of oxygen. The more ventilated an area is, the bigger a fire can become. God has fire that can consume oxygen, the thing that literally fuels it. So you tell me just how amazing God has to be to pull that off. But let's not just focus on the science here. Let's focus on the nitty gritty for you and for me. People. Just as uh, I believe Paul wrote to Timothy, they have these itchy ears where they want to hear what they want to hear. They want to feel good about themselves. They don't want to change. They don't want to get better. They want to stay in their dirt and roll around in it. I understand as someone who used to play in my own dirt, it was fun. It was familiar. I knew that dirt. That was my dirt. But what does dirt do? Dirt is full of of diseases and worms and it can be infested with maggots, the kind that eat away at your dreams, eat away at your ambitions that will destroy relationships and block blessings and keep you in this almost stasis like state to where you can't move. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in this gross situation just because it's familiar to me. I don't want to trick myself into thinking I'm happy just because I think that I understand what's happening around me. The sooner we can admit that we don't know a thing and that God is the one we need to be getting the answers from, the quicker we can become wise. The Bible tells us that the beginning of wisdom starts with the fear and admonition of the Lord, meaning that, hey, that's God. 
the God that just told me he can burn oxygen, something that shouldn't physically be possible, theoretically in any sense, because oxygen needs fire to burn. Well, fire needs oxygen to burn, but he can do that. That's the kind of God we serve. This same God doesn't want anyone to perish, but it's in his will that all would be saved, that they would repent, that they would get their acts together. Us who can't do anything right, re-quoting granny here, the Bible shows us we can't do a single thing correctly. We can't even pray right. But thank God that he picks up every bit of the slack. We need to pray. We get guidance from the Holy Spirit. And then not only do we get his guidance, but the Holy Spirit himself prays with moanings and groanings that are inaudible. Just there. You can't understand them. But God gets it. He understands completely. And then we have our great high priest, Jesus himself, God almighty, who is praying for you and for me day in, day out, every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year. That's the kind of God we serve. And he doesn't want you to perish. He certainly doesn't want you to be around these crazy people just following their desires. Baby, we talked about this. What do your emotions do? They hinder you. They hem you up. Remember, wisdom says slow down. But your emotions say, speed it up. Come on, put the metal to the pedal. I need you to put that thing on the floor and just drive off the cliff. But wisdom, God, God speaking to you says, just slow down. I got you. Don't worry about what's happening. Don't worry about them. I don't care how they you think they make you feel. Don't worry about any of that. I got you. I know the plans that I have for your life. They are plans for good and not this evil. They are plans to prosper you, to give you a hope, a future, and an expected end. Your expected end does not need to be at some club. You don't need to be packed out here on a stretcher because you were doing something you ain't had no business doing in the first place. Instead, God could just get you on out of here. He could. He could do a number of things. It's so many things to say. I, I just won't begin to even touch upon the surface. But the whole point of it is, is that when we move out the way, when we say, you know what, God? You're already in charge of so many other parts of my life. Help me with my disbelief in this area, because clearly I'm struggling. And you take the reins. You and you be in control. I had this very conversation with my grandmother and my brother, both today and yesterday and some time before in dealing with the situation that I need to pray about because me, the person does not want to deal with it. But my spirit who is connected, the, the, they are con, it's consubstantial with God. It's of one being. We know as the Bible teaches us that nothing in all of creation in it, above it, below it, or anywhere else can separate us from God's love, meaning we're stuck with him. And I'm so glad because I don't want to be alone again. But because of this, because I'm connected with the truth now, and we know the truth, and we experience it and learn more of it every single day, it doesn't sit right with the body because the body doesn't want to do what God says. But your spirit, who is now 
and can be and will be if you just let God be God and put in the time can overpower this hunk of junk says, yeah, we may not feel like it, but what does God have to say about the situation? Nine times out of 10, it's not about how we feel about something. It's about what the benefit is for maybe the other party. What can me sacrificing my feelings, me feeling comfortable do in the long run of helping souls get saved, of being a cleaner mirror for God's light to reflect off of so it can refract into another person's heart? It's never about self, but it's all about God and what we can do to get his will done to help get another person off the corner. It's all about that. So let's step aside. Let's stop blocking our own blessings. Let's let the past be the past. You can't do anything to it. Let it go. It's done. Instead, live in the present moment. Like Jesus says, worry about today because the evils of today are enough thereof. In layman's terms, stop worrying about things you can't control and just focus on the things that you can. You can pray about a situation, can you? Well, prayer changes things. So keep, get to praying, baby, and watch your dad do everything else. Watch him move the mountains. Watch him get you up that cliffside. Watch him give you an eye in the middle of a storm that shouldn't even have one in the first place. Watch him give you peace where peace shouldn't even be possible. Watch him give you strength where strength shouldn't be a thought in your mind. Watch him give you rest in the midst of a battle because that's the kind of God that we serve. Watch him heal the sick and raise the dead. Just watch him do it all because he can, he will, he's going to do it anyway. So you might as well join in on it. Get the blessings, get the growth, get the benefits and help the next person do it. So just step aside. Let God be God and enjoy the ride. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer saying thank you, Lord. God, we thank you so much for the simple truth that growth is possible. It's not possible without you. For as you said yourself, with humans, impossible. But with you, O Lord, all things are possible. We can actually make it to heaven because you made a way for us and you are that way. And all we have to do is accept the simple love that you've given to us. That's it. Accept it and walk with you, God. You made it so simple, yet we like to make things hard. But Father, I also thank you for the fact that you give us grace and mercy, that you work with us, Lord, on our level, that you take your time with us, that you you are so patient with us, God, that you work with us every single step of the way. And that when that light bulb goes off, you don't belittle us. You don't make us feel bad. You don't say you should have been quicker to the punch, but you say, congrats, baby. I'm so proud of you. You now understand. So, Father, with that alone, we just say thank you, God, because there are a lot of terrible teachers in this world. People who are full of knowledge but have no true way of giving it to another person. But Lord, I thank you so much that you're the best teacher. You're so patient that the regimen that you have for your students, it's custom built. It's tailor made to every single one of them so that we can get it exactly how we need to get it. So that once we have it, no one and nothing can take it away from us because God in the same way that our hand is now in yours, your eternal hand, Lord, your strong right arm, as you say in scripture, God, 
nothing, no one, no weapon, nothing can come against us. Nothing can hurt us. Nothing can take us away from you. The doors that you close like the past, whether it be an event, a place, a person, whatever it is, no one can reopen that door once you close it. And God, we just say thank you. We also thank you that once you open up the door to our futures, and we start walking through that father we thank you for the accelerated growth program that you've placed us in father for the simple fact that you can take years of mistakes and error and self-pity and loathing and familiarity and you can turn all that around in but a day a moment because as we just read in scripture lord time is irrelevant to you you don't care what our clock says. You care about the relationship that we're trying to build with you. And God, we say thank you to that. So, Father, right now, <clears throat> I pray that to all who have heard what you had to say tonight, that, Lord, we have been helped, that our minds have been altered in the way that we perceive a thing, that our hearts have been softened just that much more so that we can be more malleable to what this process is that you have for us so that we can stop being so polluted with self and that we can actually be cleansed and made free with you god that we would just be more available to you father that we would take into consideration people because that's exactly what they are they are people and god you died for every single one of us for every sin so that we might have a chance to actually live a life because life without you isn't even life to begin with so father again just thank you Lord, have your way in all of our hearts. Help us see what it is that we need to see. Help us break the chains because you've already broken them, God. Help us take the shackles off because they don't have binds on them. Help us walk out the cell because the door is already wide open. Help us leave the past where it is because you've already overcome it. Help us be accepting of what the present is because, God, you've already walked this life out for us and you claim victory. God, help us to be prepared for our future because, Lord, you've already made the way and you've gone before us to make sure it was good. And then you walk with us to walk down that path to make sure that we get there. You're with us every step of the way. And once again, Lord, we just say thank you because we don't deserve the tender hearted care and love that you give us, God, the patience, the diligence, the faithfulness. We don't deserve any of it. But Lord, we will be sure to say thank you because we are reaping all the benefits of it. And God, even when we seem a little slow, even when we let these lazy hands be lazy, even sometimes when we stumble upon bricks that we threw in our own path, I thank you anyway that you work out all things for the good of us who love you and are called according to your purpose, that the sin doesn't even have condemnation in our lives anymore because we chase after you and not our desires or our emotions or what we feel is good because we don't know anything. But Father, we thank you so much that we can trust in you who knows it all, who can help us avoid the potholes, who can help us keep climbing the mountain, who can help us keep running this race because it's a it's a marathon it's a relay it takes time it takes patience it takes endurance it takes some some self-discipline some willpower and God I thank you so much that you have no short supply of any of it but instead that you can supply all of our needs so Lord we love you we thank you and we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen and amen. Hey family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed. Thank you.